Hello, my name's Gordon, and thank you for joining me for this review of Penguin UK's range of 2000AD audiobooks. With a collection of over 100 2000AD graphic novels on my shelves, I've been a lifelong fan of the Galaxy's Greatest Comic, and so when I was offered the chance to get a first listen at the new 2000AD and Penguin UK audiobooks, now available on Audible, I jumped at the opportunity. I should begin by saying that I've had a bit of an unhappy relationship with audiobooks in the past, as I've found they can be a bit cheesy, particularly with comic book adaptations. I also was worried that transferring a comic to an audiobook would have required a lot of rewriting and that the essence of what I love may very well be lost. Well, I'm absolutely delighted to say that I got it wrong. 2000D fans in particular are in for an absolute treat. Within minutes, I was grinning from ear to ear when I realised that the production values were through the roof and that what I was hearing was incredibly faithful to the comic. So much so that I grabbed my graphic novels from the shelf and compared what was on the page to what I was listening to. It is faithful beyond anything I could have hoped for. If you read as you listen, you'll find that it is verbatim to what is in the strips, with only the very slightest of additions here and there. Not only that, it elevates and enhances those already wonderful stories. 2000AD has never been animated in film, but when you listen to this while flicking through the pages, you'll practically feel like it has been. Hearing the characters come to life as the voice actors went to work was a genuine thrill, and after a time I stopped reading the captions to just listen and breathe in the art, itself further elevated by the atmospheric music and appropriate ambient sound effects. Perhaps unsurprisingly, given the talent on board, the voice acting is top-notch, none of it giving me that nails-down-a-blackboard feeling that I'd had so many times before with audiobooks. All of the acting is clear and crisp, yet naturalistic, no mean feat given some of the tricky future-speak that features so heavily in a few of the storylines. The background sound effects are terrific, with appropriate sounds to convey the surrounding environment and weather, including things like frenetic lawgiver shootouts, which reminded me of some of the sound design for the future battles in the Terminator films, to the deep chugging roar of lawmaster bikes in the Megaway, all the way up to the chance and fury of the marching citizens demanding democracy for Mega City One. And the soundtracks are just as great, full of synth-inspired music, which wouldn't be out of place in a John Carpenter film or even Stanley Kubrick's The Shining. Though these are new and fresh compositions, I'm sure that for a lot of 2000AD fans who grew up in the 80s on a diet of action and science fiction films, as I did, this music will seem familiar and perhaps may even make them feel nostalgic for simpler times. All of these elements combine brilliantly to capture and complement the mood of the strips perfectly. I also listened without reading the strips and because of the excellent production values had little problems following the action, but being honest, it was that marriage of hearing the sound of the world as I gazed into the images on the page that really bowled me over. They took something I loved and they managed to make it even better, in places even leaving me feeling slightly emotional about the experience. So, if you love 2000AD the way I do, I can't recommend it highly enough. And if that doesn't sell it to you, I'm not sure what will, but fuller reviews for each of the audiobooks now follow. Judge Dread America. This audiobook is marketed as America, but it's that famous storyline and so much more. It also includes several selected storylines from the epic democracy story arc, which played out over five years or so in the Judge Dredd strip. Specifically, the audiobook features the following storylines. Letter from a Democrat is featured in Judge Dredd The Complete Case Files number 9. Revolution is featured in Judge Dredd The Complete Case Files number 11. America is featured in the Judge Dredd America graphic novel. The Devil You Know and Twilight's Last Gleaming, and both of those are featured in The Complete Case Files number 16. So where to start? America is widely regarded as one of the finest Judge Dredd stories, probably most notable for how the character of Judge Dredd, who is more normally depicted as being a tough but fair character, who is capable of acts of constant heroism, is suddenly shown to be the bad guy in his own strip. 
I seem to recall hearing that John Wagner had become concerned that readers weren't quite getting that the Justice Department and judges, like Dredd, were fascist in nature. And he decided he wanted to turn the table, showing, at least on some occasions, how awful life must have been for Mega City One's everyday citizens, constantly living in fear of the brutal judges. This excellent audiobook collects not only that America tale, but a selection of other notable stories of a similar tone, all of which create a coherent single story, charting the citizens, rising calls for a return of democracy to Mega City One. It's a really great rug pull that the enemy dread faces in this story are the very people he's supposed to protect, that the little people of Mega City One present a threat to the Justice Department that's every bit as deadly as supernatural enemies like the Dark Judges. If the Judges lose control, it really is the end for dread. The writing is some of the best to feature in the strip in its 44 years, and you really do feel sorry for the citizens as the judges dig the dirt, bully and discredit those leading the charge for democracy. Often depicted as crazies or bored perps, the citizens in these stories are far more sympathetic and believable, and for once, they have you hoping that Dredd will fail. Joseph Fiennes plays Judge Dredd, and I really enjoyed his take on the character. He has a lighter delivery than most fans might expect after hearing Carl Orban and Sylvester Stallone's gruff and gravelly versions of Dredd. But after a while, I thought that there was a hint of Clint Eastwood about Fine's Dread. Wholly appropriate, I think you'll agree, for the future cop who was partly inspired by Dirty Harry. One thing which I really appreciated about Fine's performance was that there was a real sense of intelligence to his dread that perhaps wasn't showcased in the films. The dread of the strip does get it wrong sometimes, but overall, he is as sharp as attack, and that came across in the adaptation, actually making dread seem even more dangerous and unpleasant when he's trying to quash the peaceful demonstrators. He should be better than this. As mentioned in my general review, the music is very good. It's a evocative soundtrack of dark 80s synth, creating a fittingly grim atmosphere for one of Dredd's darkest tales. The sound design was inspired, with my highlight being the roar of those lawmaster bikes on patrol. Overall, it's a fantastic adaptation. Slaying the Horn God Kiss my axe! Slain is one of 2000 AD's most distinctive properties, and it is one of the few strips which is not set in the future, but instead in the distant past. Writer Pat Mills retelling and reimagining of the Celtic myths. A warrior with the gift of warp spasm that allows Slain to become a superhuman beast, his story started out with him as a wanderer, exiled from his tribe. Having met the greedy and lecherous dwarf Ukko, the two formed an unlikely and often amusing friendship which has propelled them through a whole host of adventures that has seen the barbarian standing rise until he returned to his tribe and became king, which is where the action picks up in Slain, the Horn God as he seeks to unite the tribes of the Earth Goddess Danu and defeat Slaufeg and the Fomorian demons who have plagued his land since the early days of the Strip. The Horn God is probably the best known and best loved of the slain storylines, in no small part thanks to the astonishing artwork of 2000 AD legend Simon Bisley. It's hard to understate what an impact this particular story made on 2000 AD readers when it was first released. Cover and centre spread pages aside, pages of the galaxy's greatest comic had been illustrated solely in black and white, in 1988, that began to change as more colour was introduced to the comic and the Horn God was one of the first storylines to get the full colour treatment. Already a fan favourite from his black and white work on the ABC Warriors, Simon Bisley not only exceeded expectations, he completely shattered them. It remains some of the most outstanding and beautiful artwork to ever feature in 2000 AD to this day and it was so successful that the genie was out of the box, colour strips were the future for 2000 AD. In this series of Slain, there was far more focus on the characters and less in the action that had dominated the early Slain series, which in fairness was a continuation of the storytelling established in the preceding Slain the King arc. Happily for the audiobook adaptation, the Horn God book and audiobook open with an episode devoted to telling the story of Slain's journey to that point, so those who are unfamiliar with the previous adventures are immediately brought up to speed. 
What follows is a slow build as the story weaves a heady, dreamlike mix of politics, intrigue and mysticism. With an evocative but calming soundtrack, the audiobook draws you into the dreamlike fantasy of Slane's world, complete with the sound of underwater seascapes, the forging of steel, and even the growls of Slane's dragon, the Knucker. And of course, when they come, you get to hear all the clashes and chaos of the battles. Slane fans will always have imagined the characters as having an Irish lilt, but there's something quite special about hearing the voices of so many of the strip's famous characters. Maeve, Slaufeg, Neve, Nest, the Earth Goddess Danu, and of course the hero himself and his trusty sidekick, Uko. All of the voice performances worked for me, but I particularly appreciated Jerry O'Brien's take on Uko, as he resisted the temptation that there must have been to go over the top. Uko's such a fun character, but the way O'Brien has played him, he feels grounded and real, that despite some of his odious traits. The segments where we hear a very old Uko as narrator, often filled with amusing diversions and exchanges between himself and Nest, were among my favourites. I also greatly enjoyed Slaufeg and Avagdu's appearances, although the voice actors do get to have a bit more fun with those gruesome characters. Oh, and I learned that I had been mispronouncing quite a few of the Celtic names, so that was all helpful to hear. Though the strip famously mentions that Slain is pronounced Shlonye, but he's most definitely Slain in this. Overall, it's another wonderful audiobook which enriches the source material and I'd say it's indispensable for all Slain fans and that you'll not find it too many to add this to your audiobook collection. The Complete Ballad of Halo Jones Despite being a 2000 AD fan for about 35 years, Halo Jones was a strip that I'd missed out on at the time and only managed to track down a copy of The Complete Ballad of Halo Jones a few years ago. Having loved the likes of writer Alan Moore's Beef of Vendetta and Watchmen, which were published around the same time as Halo Jones in the mid-80s, and having heard a lot of hype about how good Halo Jones was, I was really excited to sit down and see what all the fuss was about. I think I'll be honest and say that my expectations were probably too high, and sadly, in Gibson's beautiful artwork aside, I felt a little underwhelmed. I could see how groundbreaking it was to centre the story around a woman who didn't fit into the usual comic book tropes of damsel in distress or uber warrior, just a normal, every woman living in a bizarre future world. But I found the jargon in future speaking the strip was a barrier to me enjoying and actually fully understanding the story. Thank heavens then for this audiobook adaptation. The voice actors have done a tremendous job in making that tricky dialogue sound natural and at the same time have managed to bring life to the characters I was having so much of a struggle with just from the page and making them seem believable and relatable in the process. There are three different storylines or books as they were described at the time, the first of which introduces us to Halo as a young woman who's stuck in the hoop, a circular city which is a place where society's poorest have been dumped and left to fend for themselves. They have little to do other than going shopping expeditions for food, something which is so dangerous that they dread it. It's a fun satire on Thatcher's Britain of the 80s where on the one hand there was mass unemployment and poverty and yet on the other rampant consumerism was really beginning to take hold. I love quirky little details in the story that mention how the poor were encouraged to keep out of affluent areas as the rich seem able to kill them with impunity and also that the police have been partially lobotomised to allow them to deal with people with dispassion. I was also interested in the drummers, characters who are so into their music that they are practically zombies. I read this as a critique of youth culture, that instead of going out and protesting against the situation, many young people are apathetic and become obsessed with things like music to distract them, and in the end accept the situation of the unjust society that they live in. The drummer music they listen to could quite easily be replaced with smartphones these days, which seem to have a real hold over us all. Perhaps these things just go in circles, but all of this feels just as relevant in the present as it would have been in the 1980s. I'm not going to say anything about the storylines of book two and three so you can discover them for yourself, but what's really great about them is that each book sees a real change in the focus and themes. Indeed, it becomes more epic and sweep and feel. It's also amusing and sad in equal measures, something which few comic strips have successfully managed to achieve. 
certainly for 2000 AD, it really stands out as being different, not only by having that every woman central character, but by being far more character driven and less concerned about the ultra violence that was 2000 AD's trademark. Sound effects are very good, and I particularly enjoyed the music, which created an atmosphere of impending doom, wholly suitable for the setting and story. I did read the book at the same time as I listened to the audiobooks and would recommend to people that they do the same, not only because of Ian Gibson's artwork, which is gorgeous to look at, but because I do feel that the universe of Halo Jones is so strange and bizarre that you do need those images to fully make sense of a story. On the flip side, it seems that I really needed this audiobook adaptation to properly appreciate the strip, so I'm very grateful that the people at Rebellion 2000 AD and Penguin UK adapted this. I'm sure that I'm not the only person who will feel that this audiobook will enliven and enrich their enjoyment of Halo Jones. Brink. Brink is the only one of the audiobooks which I had no prior knowledge of and had no graphic novel to read along with, so this review is purely on the basis of the audiobook itself as it is my first experience of the story and because of that it's also shorter than some of the other reviews. I'm delighted to say that I found it really enjoyable. I thought that the central casting of Nina Susanya as Bridget Curtis and Richard Armitage, best known for his portrayal of Thorin Oakenshield in the Hobbit films as Carol Brinkman, was really appropriate. The relationship between the two characters was nicely built up and the dialogue was a lot of fun, making me laugh a lot more than some comedies I've seen of late. I think the fact that there was so much emphasis on that central partnership and the handful of characters they encounter made it easy for me to follow the action without being familiar with the source material beforehand. I should mention that the entire cast were excellent. As a Time Bandits fan, it was great to hear David Warner's voice again. And Game of Thrones fans will enjoy hearing Indira Varma, who herself will be heading to Tatooine to appear in the upcoming Star Wars Kenobi series. With such talent on board, I was kept entertained throughout. No complaints there at all. The music and sound effects were once again very clear, polished and evocative. I thought that just like the other titles in the series, this audiobook would only have complemented the graphic novel. I loved artist ING Kilbarg's work on Brass Sun, so I can only imagine how wonderful it would be to listen to this while flitting through those beautiful pages of art, so much so that I'm going to track them down right now. Judge Dread the Pit. I've saved the best to last. The Pit is a gritty epic which sees Dread put in charge of Sector House 301 in a sector where lawlessness abounds and the Justice Department itself is riddled with corruption. The opening section of the story focuses on the various judges under Dredd's command and their reaction to his attempts to clean up the pit. Particular focus is given to Judge DeMarco, who, although tasked by Dredd with heading up the anti-corruption unit, has her own skeletons in the closet. For long stretches of the Dredd strip throughout the years, the judges were portrayed as all being in much the same mould as Dredd himself, clean, upstanding servants of the law. But part of what makes this pit such a good storyline is that it shows that many of the city's judges are still human and still have the same frailties and failures as many of the citizens do. Once again in the audiobook it's great to hear the voice acting bringing the characters to life. I really enjoyed Patricia Rodriguez's portrayal of the interesting character of DeMarco, while it was also great fun to hear judges Giant and Castile in the action as well. The pit also features some of my favourite sound design from the whole series, particularly when, in the final act of the story, all hell breaks loose and we hear full-blown firefights, rioting mobs, bursts of lawmaster bike cannon, vehicles and infrastructure being blown apart, all adding to the action and chaos illustrated on the page. I'd like to give special mention to an earlier sequence where Judge Struthers performs a demonstration of his skills by swinging around a day stick, which packs all the punch and crunch you'd expect it to. Terrific stuff by the sound department. I should mention that The Pit has more tweaks in the presentation of the story than some of the other audiobooks, but they're all minor additions which are completely justified. There are sequences in the graphic novel where panels are constantly flipping between two or more situations, and for obvious reasons, some of those have been condensed to lessen the constant intercutting. 
I would stress that I did not find this an issue while I was following the action as I flipped through the pages of my copies of the complete case files while listening. There are a few snippets of additional description by the narrator to explain a little of the action to those only listening and not reading along with it. Again though I could see the reasons for that being necessary to adapt the story for a listening audience and they were so brief and appropriate that I didn't have any issue with them. My one very minor quibble would be that the soundtrack, as it is the same one that featured in the America audiobook, feels a little familiar by the end. That said, I fully understand that this would be an intentional decision to provide continuity in the music across both audiobooks. I would like to stress though that this is really nitpicking because I found the pit superb overall and the final act really delivered on hearing the mayhem and destruction, something which made me smile as I listened and flipped through the beautiful art of Dread creator Carlos Esquera, among others, which features in this classic tale. Once again, the makers excelled themselves. And that brings this series of audiobook reviews to a close. I hope that when you get to hear them, you enjoy this new immersive way to appreciate classic 2000 AD storylines just as much as I have. Just one question though, when will there be more? Thanks for taking the time to listen to my reviews and please consider subscribing to my YouTube channel as I aim to keep more 2000 AD reviews and gaming videos coming. Thanks for listening.